Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... The one person I have always said that I never wanted to meet in in a dark alley is leaving the sport of tennis, and he's joining us now, Paolo Lorenzi. I I'm going to miss you desperately when I you on the court was everything I always wanted to be as a fan. So I'm so sorry to see you go, but congratulations on this next step of your career. Thanks a lot. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so grateful. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, a lot of time I was speaking with Noah, uh, <laughs> with you, and uh, it's a dream to it's... be in this podcast. You know, I didn't know that I have to retire to be in the podcast, <laughs> but uh, but it's nice <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I think you know we're going to go into so many aspects of Paolo Lorenzi's career, but I think what sums it up perfectly is me asking him for a behind the racket story. So get this, you know, this guy's been on tour for just under a hundred years, just under a hundred years. <laughs> and he, so he reads my stories on, he's very kind. He reads some of my stories on behind the racket. He's like, Oh my God, they're so heartbreaking and, and they're inspirational. And for me, I just love tennis. I don't have I, I, nothing negative. To say. I just, I have an incredible journey. Look at what I've done. I love tennis and I'm here. I'm like, I fought it for a little while. I'm just like, no, that's, that's Mr. Lorenzi. That's like, that's what you get out of tennis and, and in his head and, the few times I got to share a court with him, you know, you feel like you're kind of a part of tennis history. You know, it's so weird. I mean, like what he's seen, um, the changing of the guards, and, and I'm sure, you know, seeing a lot of the next gen come up, it, it must have been an incredible experience. So to have you here today is amazing. And to get to know you over the past few years is great as well. But no, thank you for joining us today. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, but it's true. What, what did you say? Every time that I heard your story, I feel that the, the tennis players has a lot of history. They, I don't know, they pass these and these. Uh, uh, it, it's happened many, many bad things to a lot of them, and then the good things to become a tennis player. For me, I was younger. I saw my brother playing tennis, and uh, I just loving it. Uh, they told me that when I was young, I always said that I want to be a professional tennis player. Of course, everyone is dreaming to be number one in the world, but uh, like, you know, it's, it's not so easy. And uh, yeah, a lot of people ask me, why are, are you playing until this age? And I say, I am just love to wake up uh, and play tennis. It's, uh, I was so lucky that for 40 years of my life, uh, my work was my passion. I think then nobody, not a lot of people can be uh, like this. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was, was for me. Everyone, for part of my life, I was like unconscious. Because if you think about my career, I was 27 years old. My best ranking was 160 in the world. And I was still thinking, okay, one bit of 50. And uh, if I think now about this, uh, really, it's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. But Maybe it's the passion for tennis that he bring me to to play until 39 years old, and yeah. uh, and now I stop just for my body. Eh? For my, <laughs> if it was for me, I was playing until 60. So I I wanted to, I've always really wanted to ask you this: how you are so well loved off of the court, but your intensity and ferocity on the court is completely different. How how are you able to, once you get between the lines, kind of click on to the point where it looks like you are truly going to harm the other person across the net from you? <laughs> I, I think that, uh, okay, for me, like I say, staying in a tournament uh, was, was my dream. So when I saw the other guy, I was watching them practicing. I was always looking at them and I was thinking, this is a good player. He's playing so good. So I, I was really happy to stay there with them. But one time that I'm going court, I knew that I was doing everything that I can do to win that match. Of course, <laughs> not stole the ball, all these things. But I knew that uh, this is my chance to, to beat some guys that for me, they were better. I think when I watched Lorenzi play, there was always like he bordered that line of respect and ferocity at the same time. It was always like, I'm going to kill you but I'm, I'm going to make sure you feel okay after it. You know, it was like always that. So for like, when you get off the court with him, you, you can't hate him, you know? I, and, and this is, so we played um, two weeks in a row. And I, when I, for the first week I played, I was like, I feel good, but I just won like four points today. Like what, what just, like, I felt good. I was hitting the ball well. And I came off the court and it was like three and one. I was like, what in the world just happened? So I think for Apollo, it's always like, I'm here, I'm going to fight. My hat is going to be attached to my head and will never come off until I beat you and we go on our way and then everything's happy. Then you see a smile and then the Italian accent and we move on. But for you, you know, with the initial reaction of retirement, what's the first thought? You know, what, what is that first thing that comes into your head that says, hey, I don't have to wake up tomorrow to practice maybe as tough. I'm sure you're going to still practice, but, you know, I don't have to do the same things. What are you what are you feeling right now? Uh, the, the feeling is is really strange. Uh, first of all, I, I was thinking to to thanks my wife and my family because I think that my journey was really really long, and uh, also for them it was not easy to stay with me. And for the other part, I'm 
little bit, of course, sad because I know that I will miss the tour. I will miss wake up in the morning and, and practice. But I think also it's the right time because I'm not missing too much going in practice because really in the last three, four months, uh, my body was, was really, was dead. Maybe I was running too much. And the other <laughs> part, I think, is the pandemic. Is the pandemic is killing me. Uh, like you say, I, I love to do 100%, but also I love to have people around me. And to play without people like now in, in New York, mm -hmm. I think it's terrible for a tennis yeah. player. So I, I kind of want to go back to this idea of the, the joy of the sport. There's so much discussion, Paolo, about um, kind of the, the mental health component that goes into it, right? And and Noah has talked about it and been pretty open about his struggle of, of finding that joy um, competing when, you know, most tournaments you're going to lose at some point during the week and, and the, tr the struggles that go along with that. If you're starting to work with a young player, Paolo, say you're starting to work with Noah, for example, what would you say to a, a younger player about... Uh, how to find the joy in the the struggles that that you experience in tennis? Uh, I, I think about this. I, I was lucky that also my parents helped me because I started really young to have a, a mental coach. Uh, I was starting when I was sixteen years old. Is it, still with me. So if you think about this twenty five years ago, this was something completely new. So I think he helped me really a lot. Like you say, it's not easy. I'm telling you, I never uh, slipped when I lose a match. So I think this is, <laughs> this is impossible for, for every tennis player because you are thinking, uh, uh, okay, maybe that time I have to do seven volume. Maybe now I have to wait, I have to play the back and cross, I have to play long, down the line. So I think for everyone is the same. But like, if I have to, I don't know, to stay with Noah in this moment, I would say, of course, you will have the mental struggle is not easy. I think the key is to give the 100% on court or when you practice. And then I think you have to be with some professional about the mental part because I think it's really important. I think kind of going into this on the, on the darker side of things, and I know you we want to smile and everything, but I feel like everything has to flash. You know, you retire, your whole career kind of goes through your head at the same time. You know, what would you possibly have done different throughout your career? Some changes that you think would have helped you or not at all? You know, this is this was your pathway. I kind of want to hear about your insights. There. Uh, of course, when you finish your, uh, your career is like uh, uh, when you finish the tennis match, you're thinking, OK, why in this time I made this? Why in this time I made the other choice? Uh, I'm telling you, the, yesterday my wife said, OK, you have to stop about thinking about this because now you made it. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, I think you have to know that if you arrive at, uh, I don't know, in my case, top 50, you have to know that everything experience that you had is bringing you there. So if you think like this, then you can think positive about everything. But then, of course, I changed my new coach and my fitness coach on 27. And with them in 10 years, I become top 50. I won an ATP. Uh, I was top 100. So... I, you are thinking, of course, maybe if I was going with them when I was 19, maybe my best ranking was, was better and all these things. But maybe I knew them when I was too young mm. and then uh, I will not have the same results. So I think you have to, to enjoy and think positive on this. It's such an interesting concept because you, you mentioned it. You, you did have success later in your career, and that doesn't happen very often when you've been playing eight or nine years and then have that next level 
what are the the in those moments? What are the most impactful times of of that stretch? You know, going into the top 100 for the first time at 27, becoming the oldest first time ATP champion. What are what are the ones that kind of stick out for you at this point? I think that for one part, I enjoy more than uh, a lot of people because uh, a lot of guys, they go there when they are 20. So it's like a normal thing to be a play in ATP, to have everything for them, uh, all the people, the fan. And for me, after that, I made, I don't know, I started when I was 16 and a half and I went to Cairo to play a, a satellite mm-hmm. alone. So if you think about that, after 10 years of challenger and future, I, I start to be on, on the main drain in an ATP. I was happy to find, I don't know, the Sprite in the fridge or Coca-Cola because, you know, in the challenger, you don't have all of these things. So I think that for one part, I was really lucky because, like I said before, I really enjoyed to stay that week with that kind of player. Uh, I was watching them for 10 years at TV and now I was, I was with them. So for me, it's like uh, sometimes do, I can do you think that helped with the longevity of your career? Because I speak to a lot of players that, let's say, you know, have been making quarter semis of ATP tournaments for, let's say, five, six years now. They lose that feeling. They're like, what's the next step? And if I don't get to the next step, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. But for you, it took, you know, nine, ten years to get there. Then you're there. Do you think that you're like, I just want to be here for as long as possible now? You know, I want to enjoy this. Do you think that's why you, you know, stayed on tour for so long? Do you think if you didn't have that breakthrough to top 100 that you wouldn't have stayed for another 10 years or so? Is that possible? No, I think that, that you're right. Every time that I was in, in a main draw in ATP, uh, for, uh, I was happy. For me, it was really was, was a big result was a goal. I was trying to play as much tournament uh, as I can. Uh, so I think this, this for me was really important. That, that was, I say, uh, for sure, one guy that is 20 and is already made 21, is already made one quarter, one semi, is different. But for me, that I was fighting, I was going, I don't know, one week in South America, one week in Italy, one week in, in the States to play one challenge, to stay there and play an ATP. It, it, it was, was really, was, was the best fun of my life. So that, that's why maybe I was playing until now. And uh, like I said, the bigger problem for me and the only thing that I didn't like at the end of my career was the, to play without people. I was supposed to play every time I would say, OK, I will stop at the end of 2020 and then I would like to continue until, until I can. A quick sidetrack question, something we spoke about in our last podcast is, um, you know, US Open took away fans for qualifying this year but there is more prize money in qualifying that than there has ever been. What would you prefer? Would you prefer 20% off your prize money with fans or 10% or whatever the case may mm. be, or, you know, the extra by, prize by money? my side, but of course you have, to, you have to think also about with player that they, maybe they were not top 50 or top hundred during right, his right. career. For me, it was much better to have 20% less, but have all the people mm. that they can come watch, uh, uh, I don't know, this year I qualified in Miami mm-hmm. and uh, I had my best friend here in Sarasota. I had my wife and they cannot come to watch me on the, on the main row because that court was without people. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me, I prefer to stay 25, 20% less. But of course, you have to think also about the year that maybe the 220 best ranking was 180 and for them, 20% is a lot of money. All right, so I, this this question is from uh, Josh Mycellus, Paolo. Uh, <laughs> Josh Mycellus, who does a lot of work with the ATP Challenger Tour, who said, 
he texted me when I said that I, I, I had a big guest and he's like, I know it's Paolo. I know it's Paolo. So you have to ask him this. You are three wins away, Paolo, from being the all-time match wins leader in Challenger history. Three. You and I both know that you could pop into a Challenger in two weeks and, and you could do that. Maybe two challengers, right? But we all know you could do that. Why, why when you're that close to a record, are you going to stop and hang up the rackets? Wait, do, do you know that you are in that record? I guess that's the first no, no, question. No, no, no. I, I know because okay. we, 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 Josh, we bet one pizza. That uh, is correct. Before, before, the, before, the pan, before the pandemic. And he told me, okay, you cannot do, uh, pass the record in this year. And, and I was already five, six matches. I said, come on, just for sure, I will, I will do only 2020. Trust me, I will do it. And then with the <laughs> pandemic, we didn't play a lot. So oh. at the end, you only want pizza. So I have to pay this pizza, of course. But uh, uh, that's, of course, I was thinking maybe to break the record. Uh, also, that we have a lot of challenger in Italy or here in the States. So it was a good chance. But uh, for the other part... Uh, I had New York in my in my heart. Uh, I, lo- I made a lot of first round in uh, Grand Slam. It was 13 first round, and I won my first match uh, in uh, in New York. I made one time fourth round, two times third round. Uh, everyone, every time, my brother, my wife, a lot of friends were coming to New York. So I think that the best place to to finish my career. And uh, I think Ruben can be. Ruben Amir's Dago is the first one. He can, can be happy for, for this. I'll listen message to him. So, you know, I just have to ask, because there's, I don't know if Mike can see it. You know, he's, he's busy at the Open right now, so we don't want to distract him too much. But looking at you right now, there's like such a peace in you. You look so peaceful. You look like you're, you're happy with how everything went. And, you know, you say give 100% all the time, but, but what else is there? Is there enjoying moments off the court at tournaments? Is it making as many friends as possible? What, what is it to get he's, you to a point to look as happy and, of course, as good-looking as you are? <laughs> I think that, that you're right. <laughs> this, uh, for, for the good-looking, I would like, but uh, I, I'm trying to do my best about this. But, uh, like you say, I, I was trying to do 100% in uh, every match, uh, every time that I was going to court. I was professional. I was going to sleep early. I was eating the good food. I was uh, really everything that I was trying is to be professional as much long as I can and to be the best that I, I can be. Uh, like I said before, it's, it's impossible to be everyone number one in the world. Uh, so two months ago, about I, I told to my wife, to my friend, that it would be uh, that I will finish my career in New York. And they didn't trust me. I'm telling you, my <laughs> wife didn't come to New York because she was thinking, now oh, for sure you will continue to play. It's, it's impossible that you stop here. And then when after the match, I spoke with ATP, I said, okay, this is my last, my last, my last match. Uh, I was so happy. Everyone, also yesterday, didn't believe that, that I was stopping. <laughs> but I, I, I knew, I knew that the, it's the right time. I knew that uh, I cannot do nothing else. So that's why maybe I'm, Right now I'm in peace, so maybe because I still don't understand that I cannot go and play a tournament next week. <laughs> All right, so I want to put you in the the role of commissioner of tennis, if we will, just that hypothetical commissioner of tennis. Noah and I, obviously on this podcast, we talk a lot about at the challenger level and, and how to improve things for, for players at the challenger level. I'm going to put this very broadly, Paolo. If, if you had to do and had the opportunity to change three things 
for players at the challenger level or the ITF level, what do you think those most important three things might be? Huh. That's, that's a really... A really good question because uh, uh, we have one, one big problem that the people at that level, they cannot live with tennis. But this is not the only problem. I think that sometimes you, the people or who is around that tournament doesn't uh, see you like a professional tennis player. And that, that's, I think, it's, it's another big problem. Uh, so for sure, what do you need? That, uh, uh, of course, the prize money. Because it's bad to say, but you cannot take $500 and if you lose first round and bring the coach or the physio, you have to pay the flights and the people doesn't know that. And, and then I think also a lot with the, the, the facilities. It, mm. It's not the same thing. When you go to an ATP, you have uh, balls, you have courts, you have uh, uh, all these things that made you practice and made you a better player. I think, of course, in the challenge right now, we are uh, too much behind all these things that made a tennis player a professional tennis player. I think, and this is going off of that question as well, and you've been on tour for so long, so I think a lot of people would automatically assume that you are a tennis traditionalist. You know, you like the long five sets, you like it going on, you love all of that. Do you think, you know, in this point in time with the new generation, with us being on Instagram all the time and shorter attention spans that we have to make adjustments to our sport to make it quicker, to make it more exciting, to have more fan involvement, whether it's, you know, noise between points, you know, stuff like that. Is there anything like that that you've thought about to maybe help, you know, an eight-year-old be excited about coming to a tennis match? It's one thing that I'm talking about, about two, three years that I would say also to the ATP that for me has to change for sure is that the people has to move and make noise at least on the lateral side. Because like you say, for, for who is playing behind, it's really tough because you have to watch the serve and all these things. But on the lateral side, you cannot ask to a guy that is coming 15 years old, yeah, is watching exactly. the telephone, is send a message. You cannot say that they cannot speak for two, three hours. That's impossible. And also for the new generation, if you start with all the noise and this, after two, three years, you're not even thinking about this. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, this is very important also for the fan. Maybe they want to scream. They want to do a lot of things and they cannot even, I don't know, take uh, some chips uh, or, or take a Coke during, during the match. So that, that's impossible. I think you have to go forward on this side for sure. If you were to point to one match in your career that said that's the prototypical Paolo Lorenzi match. Do you have one that really sticks out in your mind or, or, or maybe the most memorable match in, in your career? Uh, of course, I've, if I think about one match, is the uh, semifinals in Kiss Bull when I won the tournament because it was a, a really strange match. I played against Gerard Meltzer. I won 7-6, 7-6. But if you think in, in this match, first set, I was 5-3 for the love down. And I won the set 7-6. Mm. In the second set, he had, I think, nine set points and I had 12 match points. So this is like I, I was my, my matches because at the end of the match, I didn't know how many match points I had. I don't know how many match points, how many set points he had. I was just playing every point. I was the last one. So I think this is a good match for see how I was on court. I mean, speaking about the U.S. Open, you know, watching you against Zachary Spida, you know, an up-and-coming player, probably somebody you've 
never heard of prior to that, or maybe you had to look up matches of him in you know, some of the national tournaments here, you were down two sets of love. And you're playing this young kid, excited to be out there. And people are like texting me and they're like, well, Paolo looks a little tired. You know this? I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand. <laughs> you, you, don't, you know, maybe the battery was put in wrong. Or we're just going to have to switch the battery. <laughs> I'm telling you, just wait, just wait. And, I'm, you know, I wasn't saying that it was 100% you were going to win that match. I just said there was more left in you in that match than people knew. And then boom, you know, Lorenzi does Lorenzi things and he's out there. And, and I think looking at those matches, again, playing such a young player, you being the person you are and being on tour, you just play your tennis. You don't even second guess that. And I think for me, looking at those matches, those are the ones that I think that's Paolo. That's who he is. He's going to put all out there. He doesn't care if he's won four points that match. He's going to come out and he's going to come back in that match. So looking at that, those are the things that I think people will remember about you and be like, you know, th- how do you not respect this guy? You know, <laughs> no, no, that's true. The, the, the match I remember, I remember a lot because at the end of the match, uh, many of them, they asked me how oh, you were to set down. This guy is 17, 16 years old and you were to 50, had no points. You had, I say during the match, I was not even thinking about this. I was just trying to win the match. I, I was trying to play high ball. I was trying to play slice. I was trying to go to the net. Uh, I, I don't care if that guy was, I don't know, Roger or <laughs> him or you. know. I, I was just trying a way to win that match. And uh, and that was my characteristic of uh, every match that I was trying to do. Of course, I had my bad day. I lost. If I think about some matches, I would like to do better. But uh, that's what I'm thinking to give 100% every time. Paolo, uh, I, I read that you're going to be uh, doing some broadcasting, my friend. And uh, how can I dissuade you from getting into this world? Because I don't think I, I don't think the world's ready for Paolo Lorenzi on commentary. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a lot of passion about for tennis, so that's what I like to bring. But now I have to speak with you guys a lot, so you can, <laughs> you can give me some, some advice no, <laughs> about I, this. <laughs> I, I don't like complimenting Mike, and it took him a while, but his voice, his voice is prepared, you know, and just deep, and I listen to it before I go to sleep at night. That's how, that's how great it is. But So where is this, where is this uh, broadcasting happening? Where are you doing this? You know, yeah. Mike, you cannot imagine how many, of course, I'm studying every player before I'm playing a match. Every player. So every time I put, I have his voice. Okay, this player made this and this and this. I, I heard him, I don't know, thousands of matches. <laughs> where are you doing this uh, broadcasting or commentary? Do you know where you're going to do it yet? Or I, I, I made Wimbledon this year. Mm. Uh, so I really enjoyed because I was on site. Uh, so I had time to watch the matches, to speak about the match said some interview with uh, Novak, with Roger, with some Italian, so uh, was really good. Then I will made a, I work for Sky Italy, so I will do the Turin, the, fi- the ATP finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made also something about in Rome, so I- I'm really enjoying. Like right now, I made just two, three weeks a year, so I cannot say that this is, this is a job, <laughs> but, but I love it. All right, so if if the Sarasota Challenger happens next year in 2021, Paolo, will you like go out and play and see if maybe he can get three wins? Or are you going to join me on commentary? No, of course. First of all, I'm trying to practice one month before and try to beat Ramirez Hidalgo. 
And then, yeah. and, and then when I have some time free, maybe I'm trying to enjoy you a little bit uh, on your side. All right. So well, I, 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 go ahead. I just want to know when Paolo is going to try. I need one week with Paolo. You're coming with me. We're going to do one week. I'm going to get ready. We play what it may be like Rome or something. And then people are going to be so flustered. Noah Rubin and Paolo Lorenzi. That's the team. Then nobody said, ah, that's it. I, I title easily now. Of course, we, we have to do this. I, I would love to do this. Okay. I, I, like the, all, the only problem that I have is that I love food. <laughs> so we need to switch from uh, American food to some Italian or nice. Fine. So I think let's do it. Listen, Noah is quite a snob when it comes to food. So I think he'll, you guys will fit in very well. I, I have to say, Paolo, as, as, so I'm ready. I, as, as I, I think about you and like Noah and I have obviously had a lot of great talks um, about him and, and enjoying the sport. And I've always kind of looked to you as, as a role model for so many players because of the fact that you have such an incredible passion for the sport. And I, I think you being a broadcaster will be a fantastic thing because you do have the joy for the sport. And I think that, that is going to be a big, big thing for us, especially here in the U.S. where we're trying to continue to grow the sport again. I think that's going to be really crucial. And I, I just want you to be able to spread that message as much as possible over the next few years, because I think, like you said, it's really crucial right now, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Uh, thanks a lot for, for your words. But I think that uh, the best thing that we can do is to share our, our passion. Uh, of course, tennis needs this. Uh, of course, we have now in Italy that the tennis is going up. Everyone wants to play tennis. Maybe in the States, you, you need some help in this moment. I hope that uh, you will have some, some other big, big players. Now we have Sebi Horda, we have uh, a, a lot of these, but uh, if I can only help just a little bit, this sport that gave me four years of fun, I was, I, I'm just happy. Well, Paolo, on, on behalf of all the tennis players, I can definitely tell you we appreciate more than ever having you around, seeing you at tournaments. And you've done more for tennis than you know. I promise you that. So anything you do now is just a bonus, but you are an amazing contribu contribution to tennis. And, and we thank you. And I don't care what Mike says after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much yeah, again. Thank you, we Paolo. are so excited to have you on. And best of luck with uh, every step of your next journey. Thanks really a lot. And I uh, hope to, to have another podcast with you uh, <laughs> one time because I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I cannot retire anymore, but I hope that you will call me again. I, th really I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank take you. care, Paolo. Ciao. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.